This week on the Split Screen Podcast, E3 is entirely canceled with no in-person or digital show this year, but says it will make a comeback in 2023. What changes could they bring to the table, and will this be the beginning of the end? We also go over the all-new PlayStation Plus details. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Split Screen Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Chris G. If you don't know what the Split Screen Podcast is all about, it's where basically I talk about video games and anything other uh, that's video game related. Sometimes I have a guest, sometimes I don't. This week I'm flying solo. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you here with me today and I hope you stick around. This episode is actually a remake of an episode I made the other day with Nate, as a matter of fact. So, uh, Nate, I do apologize for having to redo this. The audio was trash. I'm sure you know this. Um, but I just wanted to get these topics out before they become extremely irrelevant, and I do apologize for any sort of background noise. Um, Split Screen Studios is still being renovated, trying to figure something out, and I think my neighbors are kind of active right now. So, uh, Nate will be back on the next episode. We're going to be discussing the Halo TV series. That's been going on, and we are going to have some discussion about Marvel Studios' Moon Knight, because, believe it or not, I like it. I like other things other than video games. But uh, that being said, let's get into the topics. So the first topic for this episode is the fact that E3, or the Electronic Entertainment Expo, for those of you that might not know what that is, has been canceled. It's been canned. It's been axed. It was given its pink slip, so to speak, and this year it's not going to have a physical or a digital, wow, a digital experience. Uh, So no presentations or announcements from the E3 side of things this year. That being said, don't be surprised if the big name companies do their own digital presentations anyway. Some have already been doing that for the past year or two. Anyway, um, I believe Sony and Microsoft Game Studios have more than enough money and resources to make their own. And Nintendo has been doing this for years with their Nintendo Direct uh, YouTube live streams. Uh, the funny part about this whole thing is that if you if you go to the the uh, the E3 website. E3Expo.com. It has links to watch recaps of 2021's shows and presentations. And then it says underneath those links, E3 2022, we'll see you next year. So that's just another damn broken promise. (laughs) But we have to ask the question, why is E3 being canceled? Let me read you a quote from the... ESA, or the Entertainment Software Association, which I guess is what runs E3, like the the company that runs E3. They say, E3 will return in 2023 with a reinvigorated showcase that celebrates new and exciting video games and industry innovations. And then they later go on to say, Instead, we will devote our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. 
Whether enjoyed from the show floor or your favorite devices, the 2023 showcase will bring the community, media, and industry back together in all new format and interactive experience. We look forward to presenting E3 to fans around the world live from Los Angeles in 2023. Look for more news and announcements soon. So we don't have a specific or official reason on what caused the year-long delay just before the show usually happens. Every year, summer is unofficially kicked off with E3, at least in my opinion, every June. And thousands and millions and bajillions of gamers would look forward to watching previews, presentations, and seeing gameplay for our most highly anticipated um, upcoming titles, which included indie games and AAA games. Uh, There's an obvious factor that hasn't been acknowledged, but I don't think it's outlandish to say that COVID-19 played a bigger impact than what we're being told. I'm not saying that's like the definitive reason, but you can't help but think that with, at least for a while, COVID-19 basically put a damper on things. So this news is at the very least shocking in that we're not even getting a digital presentation this year. I mean... Why would you just get rid of it all together? And my question is, why won't, or excuse me, not why won't, won't waiting an entire year cause issues as well? I mean, will they not lose money by not having a show at all? I mean, I get the safety for the last two years, but last I checked... Stuff is opening back up, and I really think that people were hoping to go back to physical presentations again this year. Also, I want to know what kind of changes and revisions they'll be making to the digital presentations and the expo as a whole. It begs the question, what could they possibly do to bring people back after three years for a three-year physical hiatus? I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So here's my thinking, okay? I know I know you come here for my uh, expert opinions and <laughs> and insider information, but here's my thinking. The expo didn't happen in 2020 with no digital event either, which I get because it was a last-minute thing, um, a last-minute cancellation, kind of like this year that happened. So many companies didn't, or they did do their own marketing that year. Then in 2021, it was digital only due to ongoing pandemic safety concerns, which is understandable. But to not even continue this year? I mean, what gives? Right? What's going on? <laughs> After a three-year break, I can only see two versions. I can only see two timelines happening, and it depends on, on which timeline we're in that we're going to see unfold. Timeline one, okay? We're going to do some timeline jumping here. But the first 
timeline, the event gets record attendance with more public passes than ever before, since they tend to increase them more as the years go by. Or the other timeline is the physical expo is a flop and people will pay most most attention to the digital aspect of E3 this year. The way they worded their announcement seemed like that they were going to do both next year, though I could be misunderstanding, um, so don't quote me on that. If that's the plan, then I don't see the in-person expo doing as amazing as people think it will because why travel and risk your health and money during times that are still hard on many of us when you can see the exact same games and announcements from the comfort of your own home in your pajamas on a warm summer morning, right? I mean, think about it. It's in L.A. You got to deal with traffic. You got to deal with people. Pollution? (laughs) How can they change the formula for something that's been happening every single year for the most part since 1995? Which is also a year before certain legends were born. I won't name who those legends are, but rumor has it that there was... There's a lot of cool people born in 1996, I'm just saying. I mean, how do you justify having a physical event when you're still doing a digital event? Do you get more perks? Is there more games to demo and test? Is there more tech to try and see? I mean, I'm not sure they can change something enough to justify going there other than saying, yeah, you get to come to E3, like... You get to come to the to the physical portion of E3, which, I mean, to be fair, would be pretty cool. I got to admit, I, I'd go if I could. But to some people, that's not enough. Nothing else can change. Nothing else needs to change to draw people in. There's points to be made for the successes and flops of this upcoming event, depending on where you are in the multiverse, it remains to be seen if if this event will live up to the hype and if it will be enough to bring crowds back to the Los Angeles Convention Center. I would go if I could. I really would. I think that'd be kind of cool. If anybody's listening uh, that works at E3, I say this at least once an episode to somebody who's some in charge of some big thing. But if you're listening to this episode, I'd I'd love to go. I mean, if I can go, I'll I'll do some coverage and I'll see what it's all about. Anyway, another thing to consider is even though companies like Microsoft and N- Nintendo and Sega and other big name developers, even Sony for a while, uh and other big-name developers and publishers have been a part of E3 for a considerable amount of time. They've had to do online presentations for the last few years. I know it's a low possibility for this, but we still have to consider that companies can opt to not do a presentation in person or digitally at E3 at all anymore. 
because why spend money on that when you can have some entry-level intern or your marketing team, I guess, or whoever's in charge of that, make a digital presentation for you and just live stream it on Twitch and YouTube and save yourself the troubles and pains of having to put your efforts and resources into a live show and presentation. I mean, it's cool to do a live show, right? I mean, they had Keanu Reeves do a presentation for Cyberflunk, right? I mean, that was pretty cool to see. But on the other side of this is E3 is big marketing for many of these games and companies and developers. So I think it would be silly to dodge the show this year and bypass all that publicity that you get from the millions of viewers on Twitch and and YouTube and all that. I'm hoping companies go back and I hope people go back. I really I really do hope that this expo is filled to the brim with eager gamers and industry insiders from all walks of life. I just want to see it be successful again. And I think the main change here is that the in-person expo is going to be more focused on the um, on the public rather than people that are just in the in the field and in, in in the industry, so to speak. Um, because for the most part, people that used to attend E3 were part of the gaming industry in some form, whether it's entertainment such as videos and movies or people that work for developers or help make what developers use to develop their games and um, people within marketing for these things Uh, but maybe this time they'll they'll change the focus they'll shift it over to the average joe like you and me so to speak so maybe little timmy from walmart can finally go because this event will be more curated towards the average consumer rather than big-name media companies and um, industry insiders. I don't know if this is going to be the case, but that's one of the few big changes that I can imagine that would justify saying that it's a revitalized take on E3. So, another question I have is, will other gaming events follow suit, like RTX and PAX and things like that? I mean, PAX has already canceled, like, they've already taken away some some of their conventions. Um, But I think that was a few years ago. But I'm, I'm hoping that they don't cancel altogether. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um, so, I, I mean, I hope I hope other expos and, and conventions don't go down this route and delay it a year. I don't think that's really necessary for everyone to do that. Uh, I didn't think it was necessary for E3 to do that, but there's a reason I'm not in charge. <laughs> So uh, I'm just not ready for gaming conventions and expos to go extinct just yet. We need more. I think we need more. 
We should have a big one. I mean, I mean, we used to have them in I think Dallas or Houston. We we have them in LA all the time. I don't recall if there's any in Florida. If not, there should be. There's some in Boston. So we need to get one here in Kansas City. So I think that uh, I think I should lead the charge on that. What do you think? You're probably thinking no because you're like, who is this guy? What's what's this guy's name again? But we need more events here in Kansas City. But I'll pass the question off to you. What do you think will change for E3 next year? Um, are you disappointed that there's going to be no E3 this year? I am, personally. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> and the biggest question here is, do you think Split Screen Podcast should be invited to E3 next year so we can do coverage for it? Since, you know, technically we're in that field now, right? I mean, we talk gaming. We're part of the gaming industry, right? Uh, also... I have to say, if Gears of War 6 or Gears of War 2 Ultimate Edition, if they're not announced by next year, we riot. <laughs> but that's that's all I have for that uh, topic. Let me know what you think. You can tweet at the show. You can tweet at me. I, I, I'm on the, uh, the pages Twitter and Instagram every day if you want to follow. That would be much appreciated. We are on Twitter and Instagram. Both of those are at SplitScreenKC. Or you can tweet at me personally on Twitter and Instagram. KCChrisG on both of those. If you want to leave a like on Facebook, we are under the name SplitScreenPodcast. We'd love to hear from you. And by we, I mean me. So let's move on to topic number two, which is... And this is kind of old news by now, but I kind of wanted to to discuss it. Me being an Xbox person i wanted to kind of go over the playstation plus details maybe you don't know what the playstation plus reimagining is like so let's just get right into that i mean there's no point to take a break right i don't need breaks what are breaks uh sony recently revealed there's a typo on my notes here it says revently sony recently revealed the reimagined PlayStation Plus subscription service in an attempt to go toe-to-toe with Microsoft and Xbox Game Pass, which has surpassed 25 million users, I might add. This is something that the PlayStation community has been asking for for quite a while, at least as far as I know. Uh, This is also going up against something called Amazon Luna, which I don't really know. I don't really know what that is. Now that I think about it, I tried to think of... (laughs) Something, I've never even heard of it, so maybe you should do some research on that, but um, I found my source for all my information this episode, by the way. Sorry for the delay. Uh, It's from a website known as The Teal Mango. What a website name. Thank you, Teal Mango, for covering this. Um, I mean, it's better than some other cringe websites that I've seen out there. I won't name who. (laughs) So let's just go over the tiers first off. And I rounded up the one cent to make it an even dollar because everything ended in 99. But we don't look at it like that. We just look at it by the dollar. So we have PlayStation Plus Essentials, which I think is the most basic tier. Um, That's like your basic Xbox Live Gold subscription that enables you to have online play and gives two free games a month plus select discounts uh 
uh, in the PlayStation Store. So that'll run you about ten bucks a month, twenty-five dollars every three months, and sixty bucks a year. So uh, depending on if you want to put out the the bigger payment, you'll save money in the long run. Uh, next, we have PlayStation Plus Extra, which uh, so basically each tier, the more you spend, you're going to get the previous tier and a little bit extra. So uh, this gets you the online play, two free games, and you also get a catalog of 400 games. You heard that right. 400 games for the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. For the 20 of you that actually own a PlayStation 5, that will run you about 15 a month, $40 every three months, and 100 bucks a year. You do the math on that, how much you're going to save. And the final one is PlayStation Plus Premium. So that gets all the previous perks uh, and some. It grants you access to an additional library of around 340 games spanning the original PlayStation to the PlayStation 2, to the PlayStation 3, 4, 5. And you know what else? You know what else else? They're going to throw in the PSP. So for those of you who never owned a PSP and maybe there was a specific game on the PSP, uh, this is this is going to be for you, I guess. Um, but, I mean, even the fact that you can play original PlayStation and PlayStation 2 games will probably be more than enough for many to subscribe to that tier, even though it's a little more expensive than Game Pass Ultimate. Um, it's $3 more a month. I, I think it would be worth it. I mean, you get so many games. that, Like, Game Pass has a lot of games. But this is a fuck ton of games. So I think, I mean, $18 a month, that's a steal for how many games you're getting and for how long, how many generations of games you're getting for that price. I mean, that, that that's amazing. Um, it also includes cloud gaming. And I forgot to mention that these games will also be playable on your PlayStation 4, 5, and on PC on this tier. So um, that's pretty cool. Um Game Pass Ultimate lets you have games on your PC as well. I don't know if every single one of those games is going to be playable on PC um, because on Game Pass they have different games than Xbox Game Pass, but for PC Game Pass, some games aren't on there that are on the Xbox. So I don't know if all of them are going to be playable on PC. That's something that you might want to look into. But still, that's that's an amazing price for whatever you're getting. Um, and it also includes limited time game trials, which apparently is a perk now. Does anybody remember when games used to come with demos on them? I mean, that would be the standard. I forgot what, what game it was, but I remember I used to have a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles demo. It might've been a Mario Party game, but there was a, there was a demo for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game on the Nintendo GameCube that I would play over and over and over again. And I don't even think I bought that game. Or I don't think I was ever given that game, now that I think about it. <laughs> I just played the demo. That's as far as I got. But um, I missed that, honestly. Now now I guess demos are have regressed into a perk to, that, that you pay for, I guess. I don't know. Um, but I have to say that these sound like some pretty good deals. 
And there's still more details to come in the months leading up to the launch. I believe it's launching in June of 2022. So I have to commend them for giving the option of whether you want to pay monthly, quarterly, or yearly. Uh, Because personally, I wish Game Pass would do that. I know they do it for um, regular Xbox Live Gold. At least I think they still do. But they don't do it for Game Pass Ultimate, which... I wish that I really wish they would. Um, it would come in handy, and I think that it would save a lot of people money in the long run. I can understand from a business point of view why they don't offer that, but for the sake of letting your consumers save money and be more than willing to throw you bigger sums of money at once, uh, I wish they would. I wish they would offer that. That would be nice. Um, so I guess the question going forward is voice crack is how is Microsoft going to respond to this do they change the price of game pass I heard I heard something is going to be changing soon for game pass I don't know about game pass ultimate but I think some changes are going to be coming to game pass I don't know what um whether it's pricing, I mean, do they, do they add more perks to Game Pass? Do they change the pricing of it? Do they make it less expensive? Or do they, like I said, do they include more perks? Do they, they spend more money on getting games on Game Pass? Or do they even need to do anything? Um, do they add tiers like PlayStation is doing? Or does Xbox even need to worry with 25 million subscribers already using Game Pass? Do they even need to concern themselves with this? I'm sure they're at least looking into it. And will people that have been Xbox users convert and switch to the other side after this announcement? Only time will tell. I mean, personally, I don't think Microsoft really has to do that that much. I think their biggest move should be getting more AAA titles on Game Pass. They already have a lot, but, but I think they're going to try to focus more on getting more AAA titles on Game Pass. That or they're just going to buy your favorite studio and just make all their games on Game Pass. Um, I mean, I've been using Game Pass for PC a lot more, so I think PlayStation users are going to really appreciate that style of gaming a little bit more than they used to, because if if you're paying for it and it includes games on your PC, you might as well use it. <laughs> uh, but from what I've seen, the reception to this announcement has been a little bit mixed. Some have praised Sony forgiving what they've been asking for others have said it's too late to the game and that is pun intended and others say it won't have the pull quote-unquote pull that game pass has for xbox maybe game pass has done the damage it needs to do already i mean with how accessible xboxes are compared to playstation 
a lot of people bought the Xbox just for that reason because it, it it's been it still is incredibly hard to get a PlayStation Five. But recently, I've been seeing more Xboxes in the wild. Even Xbox Series Xs have been found in the wild now. So I don't know. Is this something that you'll wait to purchase until you have a PS Five? I mean, that's that's another question. Um. Or is this service enough for you to consider getting a PlayStation 5 if you haven't moved to the current generation yet? I mean, these are all questions that you can ask yourself and let me know the answer on my social media pages. I think that's it for the show today. It's a little bit short. I'm by myself and it's really late. And I do apologize on (laughs) having to redo this episode again. Uh, I wanted to have this out like a week ago and I just... The audio was just absolutely smashed. It was bad. But anyway, let me know what you think of these topics. Let me know your answers to the questions that I've asked on this episode. Again, you can follow the page on Split Screen or on Twitter and Instagram. Both of those are Split Screen KC. Follow us on Facebook, Split Screen Podcast. And if you want to follow me personally, see what I'm doing, see what I'm tweeting about. Send me some hate mail, send me some love mail, whatever you want. Uh, you can follow me personally on Instagram and Twitter. Both of those are at KCChrisG. You can also tweet at me um, what other topics you'd like for me to discuss on the show. Hopefully I'll have a guest on the next one. Shout out to Nate. Shout out to Alex. Shout out to John. Shout out to Savage. You know I love you guys. <laughs> but that's going to be it for the Split Screen Podcast this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you stay safe and wash your hands. And I hope to see you in the next episode. Later, guys.